KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The coronavirus pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Matt Leon. Time for our weekly look at the American economy in the time of COVID-19. There is a lot to talk about. The GDP for the first quarter, alarming. Unemployment continues through the roof. And as we roll into May, it's never too early to start thinking about the summer and what social distancing, COVID-19, what it could all mean for the Jersey Shore. Let's talk about all of these topics and more as we check in with David Fiorenza, Assistant Professor of Practice at the Villanova School of Business. We touch on an awful lot of topics. Good stuff. Give a listen. We usually start with unemployment, and I know we got another round of those numbers, but I think that the number that really turned everybody's head was GDP down 4.8% in the first quarter. Was that about what you thought, or was that even bigger than you thought? I actually thought it was going to be a decrease of about 6 to 7%. Uh, I didn't figure on the fact that the first two months of this year, we were still growing. It was really the last two to three weeks of the first quarter, which would have been March, that we saw a large decline. Now, that concerns me for the second quarter because April, most things were shut down, not just in the tri-state area, but throughout the country. And by opening slowly, which is a smart thing to do, uh, we're going to see at least the next quarter be down at least 4.8%, if not more. I don't see this clearing up uh, into a positive area until the third and fourth quarter of this year. For people that, that aren't real familiar, explain what GDP is and why it's so important for us. Sure. GDP stands for gross domestic product, and there's four components to it, the largest being consumption, which is what we do what uh, people do, what the residents do in the area, what customers do when they go out shopping. The other three components are a little bit smaller, the investment area, government spending, and then the exports and imports. But approximately 70% of GDP is consumption. So when you take away 70% of any number, you're left with 30%. And that 30% was even shut down a lot, except for the government numbers, which I'm starting to think that's going to happen in the second and third quarter. We're going to see some contraction in government. So by opening up little by little, people will consume more. And we are, as you mentioned, such a consumer-driven economy, and it's critical consumer confidence. What are your concerns in the big picture, really for the rest of this calendar year, for consumer confidence? Because I think it's one thing for things to open up. It's another thing for people to feel comfortable going out and spending money. Do you have big concerns there? I do, Matt, and I agree with you. Even though we can open up at some point at 100%, will people feel comfortable that the restaurants and the other establishments are doing what they're going to be doing to clean the areas, disinfect them, and there's going to be the onus of responsibility is going to be on the shop owner, the restaurant owner. And I think they already know that. I think they're taking lots of steps to do that. Uh, hair, hair salons, uh, barber shops, any place where there are people. Um, my concern is that a lot of these places, especially the urban uh, barber shops, 
that I've always seen. It's like a community event, a community affair when you go in there and people are getting their hair cut. People are watching TV. Maybe they're playing cards. They're discussing the game from last week. So I'm not sure if we're going to ever get back this year to that 100% community vibe that I always felt was good in the urban areas and the small towns throughout the Delaware Valley. Now let's talk unemployment. Still a a number that would have been unfathomable two months ago. 3.8 million last week. We're now at 30 million since last March. Are we talking jobless levels now at Great Depression levels? Well, and that depends on who you talk to, and that depends on on which numbers people are looking at. Are they looking at the unemployment numbers which are being reported, or are we going to look at what we call real unemployment, which means people who have been cut from 40-hour weeks to 20-hour weeks, those who are cut from 20 hours to 10-hour weeks, meaning people who are underemployed, and then those going back to find jobs, are they going to be finding jobs at the same salary level that they had before? So the numbers... That $30 million is, is is right. However, I think if we were to add in real unemployment, I think it's it's larger than, than the 20% that's being reported uh, throughout the news. Have you noticed, do you expect jobs to be created as a result of this, but in different sectors? I mean, I just think of every supermarket is staffing up. And in addition, it sounds like there's going to have to be, if the government wants to do this contract, contact tracing where they fund somebody's infected, they're going to have to hire a bunch of people. Do you expect some sectors or, or some jobs to be created as a result of all this? There will be some sectors that will have see job creation. Uh, I think people are going to continue to buy online. So any areas that are in the packaging area, the warehousing area are, are going to be looking for, for what we call seasonal help. The same thing with, with the restaurants uh, where people were working at restaurants and if they're not at 100%, those people are going to have to shift over into other industries, whether that means places like Whole Foods or other um, establishments that are supermarkets where people are going to continue to shop more there than, let's say, going out to a restaurant. And and my concern is that uh, can we mobilize the people quick enough to go into these other industries to work? Uh, And it's all about getting the word out. It's all about job training, too, in the short run. So hopefully we can shift people from one industry to another uh, to get people back to work. When we talk about the recovery, it's almost kind of like, and stick with me on this, kind of like... uh when people talk about the recovery, it's the Sesame Street recovery. First, it was sponsored by the letter V. Then it was sponsored by the letter U. Now I'm hearing a lot of people talk about a W-shaped recovery. What is that, and what would that look like? Well, that that could be the area where, where we're seeing um, all the cases go down, but then as people start to go out more, and then that people start to go and frequent the establishments, we could see uh, that curve go back up and then go back down, go back up um, uh, probably the next, not just few months, but going into next year. Um, I think we're going to get confidence back once people feel as though there is a very good vaccine for them, not just one that seems like a trial and error. I think a lot of people have been scared. There's lots of fear. And to get people's fears away they have to be brought to the point where they where they believe that their government is telling them that a vaccine is going to work that it is safe to go back out it's interesting the markets seem to do really well in april despite all this economic calamity what can you for the layperson that that has problems 
marrying how the markets could be doing so well with these unemployment numbers, these GDP? What is kind of powering the markets? And I've always been fascinated by that, too. When we get a lot of negative news, the markets are forward looking. So that means the Dow Jones, the Dow Industrials, the S&P, the Russell, all of the NASDAQ are looking into the third and fourth quarter, and they're looking to see rebounds as opposed to, let's say, what we get these negative numbers of GDP and unemployment. That's all in the past. So a lot of what the stock market and the entire stock market is doing is looking forward with the hopes that there's going to be recovery. And they're seeing things that we're not seeing. They're looking at the rebound of people going back to work. They're looking at the rebound of uh, not just production, uh, but they're also looking at the rebound when it comes to capital investment, when it comes to financial investment. And they're seeing that if, in fact, May 1st, May 8th are the dates that construction is going to go back to work, that's a positive thing for the next three or four months because it takes a few months to build buildings. It takes a few months to build new housing as well. What are your thoughts overall on the job the Federal Reserve has done responding to everything? I think they're doing a very good job. They, they had come out with another program called the Municipal Bond Buyback Program, and I was surprised by that. The Federal Reserve is actually buying up to $500 billion worth of state and local bonds uh, for counties cities and states throughout the country, they're only buying back 20% of what uh, your bonds are outstanding for the last two years in payment. That means if you have a bond and only has two years left, they're going to buy that bond back, which is actually going to help the municipalities. Because that's my one concern is that, that if municipalities, can they make their debt payments, their principal and interest? And we kind of touched last week on the idea of some in Congress, specifically the Senate Majority Leader, that states should file for bankruptcy. It seems like he's walked that back. Do you anticipate we are going to get uh, a, a package from Congress that's going to provide states and local governments with some financial aid? We will get a package from, from Congress for state aid as well as uh, cities and boroughs, uh, but I think there's going to be lots of restrictions to it. I think they're going to take a look at your budget to see what kind of cash flow you had, what kind of fund reserve you had, uh, or whether you were in a deficit. And that's where the red flag, I think, is going to come up. If the state was already in a deficit to begin with, I think the funding they're going to get is going to be a lot less than if the state was what we call healthy and had a good fund balance and was hit because of COVID-19. And going back to the Fed, uh, the Fed chair talked about that this isn't the time to be concerned about the national debt. And I tend to agree we're in the middle of a national emergency. But in the big picture, and we've touched on this in weeks before, is your concern growing about the same about the, the size of the national debt and the mountain this is going to be to climb down the road? It is. I'm concerned about national debt, and now I'm even concerned about city and state debt. For instance, the city of Philadelphia in January was in a very good position when Mayor Kenny came out with his a budget proposal. In fact, we were not in a budget shortfall in the city of Philadelphia. They actually had a surplus, and they were able to fund lots of programs and run at 100%. Now, the city of Philadelphia, I think, would be one area that should receive funding because COVID-19 has really hit 
the public works, the public safety, social services, very, very hard. Our city of Philadelphia relies on various taxes, from hotel taxes to parking taxes to business taxes to even the uh, wage tax. Uh, so with a lot of that shrinking, uh, that's my concern now, is large cities, great cities like Philadelphia and, the, and lots of states who have run deficits because of COVID-19. We kind of talked about this off the air, but we're kind of turning the corner towards looking ahead to the summer, and that means the Jersey Shore and social distancing and the Jersey Shore aren't two things that kind of play well together. How? What's your level of concern for the, the economy of the, the Jersey Shore towns that obviously depend on that Memorial Day to Labor Day time to, to, to fill the coffers? Right, that's a great point. Places like Ocean City, Avalon, Stone Harbor, at least they already have a built-in revenue base, meaning most of those people, even though they may rent their shore houses, uh, it's their second or third home, and they own those homes, and they'll pay their own real estate taxes. My concern is the other, the other areas along the boardwalk and the, and the great shops along, along the towns I just mentioned, even going down to Wildwood and Cape May. Will those people be able to survive if they're not open by by tomorrow. Um, now, obviously, we've talked about weather in the past. When the weather's not that good, people don't want to be out in gloomy weather. But if it becomes a great May and a great June, I don't know what's going to happen. They only have three to four months to make up that money. And if it's raining, they can't get that day back. And if we're social distancing, uh, they're only operating at 25 to 50 percent. Um, now, some businesses will will survive and some will not survive. And I don't like saying that, but it's probably a reality. Big picture. We've kind of sure. done this in the past. Are there any things off the economic slash financial radar right now that you're keeping an eye on that could become problems as the ripple effects of this thing continue to play out? I'm, I'm looking at some small cities and towns throughout the Delaware Valley will, uh, that were starting to revitalize and they've had to shut down various projects Will they be able to start some of those projects, up, such as their streetscapes programs? And will some of these small towns that had great events throughout the summer, will all those summer events now be gone? For instance, in the city of Philadelphia, will we see uh, the welcome home that we had on July 4th, the beautiful celebration? We had great celebrations around Memorial Day uh, along the parkway. Will that now be gone, or will they all go to smaller venues if they are uh, that has a big impact not only on the city's tax revenue structure, but has a big impact just on the psyche of people as well. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area, or if you want to know how what you see or hear on the news is going to change your own life or your own routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. My name is Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.